0: Welcome to Poor Man's Networking, where we bring technical thought leaders on board to talk. We kind of create an atmosphere like we're at our favorite virtually, having our favorite drink. Welcome to Poor Man's Networking. So, hey, here's our here's our podcast for an audience that, like us, cares about the network, likes to talk technologies, like to talk to t- lots of range of of topics. Kind of virtually, though, like we're at a pub and just having that open conversation with our most favorite drink. So that's kind of what we're here for, folks. Now, today we have a guest joining us. But first, we've got somebody new joining the podcast for episode five. And let me introduce her. Her name is Sono. Sono, you want to say a little bit about yourself for our audience and then we'll, we'll pass it over to Jeff to say hi?
1: Absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me onto the podcast. I'm Sonal. I'm the engineering leader and based out of North Carolina. I was a tech engineer, then moved to the sales side, as they say, the shady one. So yeah, I'm here and I'm very excited about it.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Welcome to the pub. Jeff, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, I'm all right. How are you? I'm good, dude. Now, hey. You know our guest, Craig.
2: I right. do know our guest, Craig. Yeah.
0: Now, hey, before we get into your topic, Craig, let's let's do a little icebreaker here. All right. This happened today. All right. So first let me start this out. First of all, Craig, it's a fair assessment that I have of you that you're very positive. So you're optimist. The glass is full, half full all the time. Is that correct, Craig?
3: Vaughn, that is correct, sir. You know that as well as okay. anyone. So when you use the reference rock star to appear, you're meaning it in, hey, you did a very
0: good job. Very positive, you know, correct? Would that be fair?
3: That would be fair, Bowen. Okay.
0: <laughs> so there's one view of it, but Jeff, remember the Super Bowl commercial?
2: Commercial. Uh, I do. I think it was, <laughs> was that work day or was that Monday? I think it was work day. It was work day. Yeah. And uh, Oswald
0: comes to the office. I mean... Here's my concern, Jeff, and I don't know. You need to back me up, or you, or you agree or disagree. Are we being fair to the rock stars themselves? I mean, we're just going to usually use this term around.
2: No, it's it's not fair at all, Juan. I think it's a rarefied class, and we are not in that class.
0: <laughs> I don't think we are. As we may try. As we may try. But, I mean, you know, is it? Okay, I guess, Craig, here's 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 what's fair. When you're referencing Eddie Van Halen for the greatest riff in the world, you're going to go say, oh, dude, you're CCIE. Now, what disservice did we do? All right, let's move on. Yeah, that. We're getting, content. We're getting caught. That didn't work out so well. You want to try it again? Because I thought you'd be a hell of a lot more snarky. And if I didn't float it up to you for snarky. You shocked me when you kind of agreed. I needed that snarkyism and I missed it. <laughs> so hey, Craig, I, I, you're here today. You've got some ideas and some conversation you have with this around top of mind with some people that you work with, especially around customers, peers, you know, in yeah. networking space for what for what you do. Kind of give our audience kind of, hey, what's what should we expect to be talking about with you? What are you gonna share with us today, my friend?
3: So Vaughn, I just want to thank you and Jeff for uh, inviting me to this. I've, I've listened to a couple of previous podcasts, man. It's, just, it's. I'd say it's what I would expect in the dialogue and the uh, candor and 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 uh, I'd say humor that you guys add to the technology, which is just awesome. And you two are, are some of the best I get to work with. You know, some of the key topics today that I really wanted to dive into. So quick intro too, but as you know, I've been in this industry now for 33 years, 28 at Cisco and all of the different things that we do from a distinguished architect perspective and we're always looking ahead, you know, after this long period of time, routing is still my passion, Vaughn. And no matter where we evolve or how we evolve to it and some of the new things, we'll talk about some of the new technologies and, and trends today. But, you know, routing is still so fundamental to, we have all these shifts in the industry. Routing is still so fundamental to all of them. You know, you can bring cloud into the mix now and how, how important that is. You bring virtual reality and some of the, the, the network and, and WAN requirements for that. I can go on and on, but I guess today, you know, some of the topics I thought would be really, really good for us to talk about. When I start looking at the network in in general, I think one of the things that we're starting to see um, and I'm really passionate about is the area of trying to leverage where we talk about routing and technologies and routing and switching, et cetera. The idea that we can bring those applications and and the applications and the requirements of those applications closer to the network. Can I make requests of the WAN that's more important to my mission and my business than it is just moving packets? What about some of these new consumption models? Uh, That's probably one of the biggest areas that we're starting to see as well on, hey, some of the early discussions we used to have around the WAN is, hey, Vaughn, you come from the service provider side. Do I want to, as an enterprise customer or a federal customer, do I want to manage the entire WAN and network myself, or do I want to go down the managed service path? Do I want to maybe own the router, but not deal with the WAN and the transport? What's really interesting now about that is the discussion starting to go to, do I just want to consume the WAN and just say, hey, just give it to me as a service and maybe not even control the hardware. So it's really you know starting to transition to some of those type of discussions and those questions as well so there's a lot of different things wrapped into that there's the mlai story and the intelligence that can bring automation is something i think in the enterprise that's lagging the service provider but it's still an area that we talk about a lot so there's some of the big topics i think that we'll we'll, we'll touch on today Wayne. But that, that, vaughn but that'll just get us started man i think i think so because as, as you know you were talking about the
0: consumption service my friend I was thinking about where we are today to where we need to be to get there, and there just seems like there's a large chasm there <laughs> today in terms of how do I even look at the network and say, hey, find me something interesting to me, and here's what I do. How does the network versus where we're at today, a lot of, a lot of complexity to keep this thing up and running,
3: you know? That's exactly right, bud.
2: So, Craig, what is it, like you say, you, you're still, after all this time, which we'll get to in a minute, still all this time really interested and excited about routing. Like, what about it? Give us some more detail.
3: Well, I think the, the first thing for me, Jeff, that where I'm a little unique, and, and I've been almost wearing these two hats at Cisco since I started, and typically my customers are what drove me to this, and when I say this is, I've straddled the the service provider architectures, portfolio, innovation, as well as the enterprise. So, I, you know, I focus on both. So understanding the enterprise and that at Cisco, that's obviously the products and portfolio. But more importantly, talking to the customers that wear the service provider hats but then that also where another customer that wears the enterprise hat and in, for example, in some of the large federal customers, even in some of the large enterprise customers, they may wear both. You know, they have, they, they may be service providers for their customers, but then they actually act as a service provider to provide those services and transport. So there's some uniqueness there. I will say the lines are blurring, but um, Lots of of different things, things changing. The transports changing with these cloud service providers coming into the mix as well. But I think I think to your question, Jeff, I think the biggest thing for me is just yeah, the, the, the tra- you know even though you have the WAN, the transports continue to change. We've seen them evolve. For me, I'm showing my age from X.25. Now we're, we're talking about leveraging the cloud service providers as a transport, right? I mean, that's where we are right now. The speeds continue to evolve and change. The encryption technologies continue to evolve and change. Automation. Now, the, the location of the WAN, where we've always talked about the WAN being terrestrial. Think about it now, Jeff. Now we're talking about running an IP mesh up in orbit at the the low earth orbit areas and these different constellations as well right so it's just one of those things where the blocking and tackling is relatively the same but everything around it and the transports to move that traffic between it continue to evolve and that that's one of the things that keeps you pretty excited
2: that's cool actually i'm glad you brought that up because i remember many years ago we were trying to put in that we did the ip router in space thing um And I remember at some point, I don't know if this is uh, top secret information, but at some point we were trying to put like a giant CRS up in space too, right? (laughs) Which kind of didn't pan out, but, but it's kind of fascinating. Like I think that one, that thing didn't land all that well, but now you see Starlink and Kuiper and all these things coming along in your opinion, and especially given the visibility you have from your customers who are probably quite interested in a lot of that for a lot of different scenarios. How much more real is it now? Like, are we? Are do you anticipate we're going to see like a giant explosion of of atmosphere based routing and atmosphere based networks, or do you think this is kind of a flash in the pan?
3: I, I think th- it's a fantastic question. So my my first answer to that is absolutely. That train has left the station in the sense of it's not going away. There's just, the the use cases, there's too much, the use cases have shown there's just a ton of value to benefit. And we talk about low earth orbit, there's really two other constellations, which is the MID, the MEO, and then of course the GEO, and they just, different constellations, different orbit paces, et cetera. I think some of the value though, when you think about the things that we're talking about now, for example, one of the areas I'm working with both you and Vaughn on is really the edge. You know, and and, and edge computing. The, just think of the value, even not only just the network piece up in in say space or in orbit, but the ability to do edge computing up there, and the amount of latency that we can that we can save and benefit from by doing certain edge computing functions and applications on the spacecraft. The second thing I would also say is probably the area needing some innovation. You'd think Jeff is not only the the routers and and hardening the routers to work in a radiation vacuum type space. To me, one of the most fascinating things is really around the optics and the idea of leveraging free space optics. So for me to get, you know, we talk about a network, you have to have at least one router talking to another router. And then so typically you have router to router, I'll call it intra-constellation. And then, of course, you have inter-constellation going between, say, different constellations, as well as to what we call a ground station back down to Earth. So you have these different variations. And I truly believe that aside from the latency, which we know how to work around over the years, um, I think what's really interesting is the evolution of the optics and the free space optics. And for example, Jeff, can we run an OSPF link across these different routers up in space and at these different orbits? maybe we have to do some innovation and there's already some work going on where we can do some, some, there's innovation being done, even in the IETF to do this, but uh, there's no doubt bow- back to your question. This is here to stay. And there's a ton of benefits, whether it be in a commercial space, basically bent pipe routing for, for, for internet access on places that we can't reach. And then of course, mission traffic for, for certain areas, maybe military, et cetera. So, A lot of good use cases, they're still evolving, but uh, yeah, a lot lot happening there and a lot of innovation to take place.
0: Hey, Craig, I've always wanted to know, as far as as low-Earth satellites, we're talking about that type of networking, is there, for certain people, is there a security advantage to that? Because I'm trying to figure out why, because you brought up latency. So I got to imagine, is there a security advantage to that?
3: When I say security advantage, I think at the end, right now, Vaughn, it's a great question. I think what we've been really, what you're really looking at for the most part is, I don't know if there's a, an advantage to that, but everything in the sense of being secured and us using link encryption, and I think a lot of commercial off-the-shelf technologies are really being—that's the front and center of what we want to actually do. But you can make the case of maybe just processing things up there and, and, and adding security to it. To your point, I think you could make the case in some applications. So I think it's, it's not what, a
0: drive next door to the to the CEO, you know.
3: <laughs> I haven't even thought about it, man. So I think I'm sitting here responding, and I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? I think there's some really good. There could be some good use cases there, and, and you know everything would be encrypted, of course. But to your point, yes, I think there's some cool use cases that you could benefit that.
2: Although if I put my tinfoil hat on, (laughs) I mean, to get stuff into space, like, it's not like the sort of thing where, you know, I'm Joey Internets in Madison, Wisconsin, and I just want to start my own ISP. And so I just kind of do it. Like, it's not easy getting stuff up there. And there's awfully an awful lot of interaction with the federal government in order to do that. So the conspiracy minded part of me is actually a little more concerned about some of those communications rather than less
1: <laughs> you know you guys bring up a really good point i've been thinking about this but what about the cost optics of it we all know we live in a commercial world right like everything drives from that what is the cost optics behind sending and doing investment or from technology perspective at such a large scale For space, what are we missing? What's the gap here? What are we achieving?
3: Well, I guess there's two ways to look at it. We have been doing, we as an industry, as you know, we've been using satellite technology for everything for many, many years. So I don't know if what we're missing. I think one of the things that is getting a little more interesting, I would just say, just as the internet, you can just say from a a consumer perspective, Sonal, like I would just basically just say, you know, we are starting to say to, to to start challenge maybe like some of the five G transport providers. And when I talk about Ben pipe routing, all I'm doing is taking, you know. Joe Smith out here in a, in a farmland that can't get any internet access. And now I've got access and giving them access that they never would have ever had before. But I will say, as we know, governments and military, et cetera, have been doing this for years. I think what you're starting to see now is the benefits of of, of an actual IP fabric up there and what we can leverage. I say up there in these different orbits and constellations. And And, you know, one last thing. We're talking about it from a network perspective, but boy, the, just the cameras and the the things we can do and our GPS being more improved. It's just, there's so many more benefits from the consumer perspective, Sonal, as well. So it's a good question. It's just going to, there's a ton of innovation that's still out there for us to, to go after as well.
0: Is it the last Greenfield? Imagine that. Now look at it from that perspective. Outer space, vast. Is that the last, you know, all right, I'll build a greenfield. All right, launch it. Spend a couple million to launch that up there. Is that, you know, think about that.
3: And, and hey, Juan, the, the one thing that SpaceX has done is they have optimized even for like federal government and stuff. You know, they've optimized how quickly you know, you can do that. And which has added the benefit of, I kind of call it almost carpet bombing the space. So we don't really have many dark spots anymore um, when you start leveraging the service. And, and that's really the, the intention there, right? That, you know, it just, it, I, I really like what they're doing there. Uh, they've been very aggressive as we all know, but it's, it's, it's good. We're all going to benefit from it.
0: Hey, Craig, Rick, Rick, what is my favorite part of the podcast? We call it the, the lightning round. And this is where we have Jeff ask you a series of questions. Now, Sono, Sono and I and our audience are kind of going to grade you by how quick and to the point he is with his response, or is he very verbose? So good luck, my friend. Jeff? You've
1: got to be quick. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Sono. Yeah. And So, All right.
2: Jeff? Sure. Quick answers. All right. What's the highest level of security clearance that you've achieved?
3: <laughs> you can see this online. I'm at the, what they call the SCI level.
2: SCI. Okay. So what is the coolest bit of information that you've been privy to that you, has since become declassified that you can share with us? Oh,
3: it's been declassified. I can, I, can I, can I pass?
2: Sure. You can punt. That's fine. That's, it's uh, that's a tough question. All right. It's
1: a minus one as well, Jeff. Minus one point. It's okay.
2: It's got plenty of opportunity to score more points. Next question. If you're allowed to answer, what is your favorite three letter federal organization to work with?
3: Can I say DNI, which is all of them?
2: I mean, it's a cop out, but yes, you may. Okay. Next question. Um, Mine is two. (laughs) Next question. What is the most important skill that you learned in the past decade?
3: Believe it or not, it's not technical. My soft skills, which partly comes with just maturity. (laughs) So the element of maturity with empowering my soft skills, my presentation skills, dealing with tough situations, writing, writing. Mentoring and I do a lot with Vaughn on uh, those type of things it's those soft skills man and I that we always forget about as good as we try to get with uh, at, at, you know being good engineers right on okay
2: we'll accept that one all right what's the most important skill that you wish you had but you don't
3: I would say that uh, yeah, I wish I I had the the handicap that Vaughn has. When I say handicap, I'm talking golf handicap. Dude, some people are masochists. Let it go.
2: <laughs> All right, cool. Um, and the last question. 33 years you've been in this industry. What kind of daily skin routine do you use? Because I don't believe you when you say you've been in this industry for 33 years.
3: <laughs> so I had this funny, I was doing an executive briefing for a military and the general was sitting there and I said how long I was at Cisco. And he he was right to my right. And he, he I said it was like five years ago. He's like, I said how long I've been in. He goes, when did he start? When he was 12? <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm, I have a, a strong faith and I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to, you know, thank the Lord for my blessings. But I'm, what I'm worried about, Jeff, is that it's all going to hit me at once. And it's already starting to hit me in the shoulder and the knee. And all those athletics I had are all, everything's starting to fall apart, man. So internally, it's falling apart, bro.
2: <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like on the surface, it looks great. You look better than ever.
0: <laughs> I'm going to blame it on, again, if you need somebody to pick up your spirits, Go to Craig. The glass is always half full. I mean, that's been my, and that's probably why. When you when you're that positive, my grandmother's the same way.
3: Hey man, I think it helps, Vaughn. But you know, I get I got some of that from you as well, man.
0: Oh well, that's sweet. So hey, all right. So let's get back to this now, and, and still have some fun. All right. No, hey, there was a part in the beginning. <laughs> no, in the beginning where you're we're talking about the consumption model. I think for, in terms of networking. And I think that's interesting, a lot of different different ways you can go on that in terms of differentiation versus commoditization versus who has control versus operational changes, evolution or whatever. I guess I would start with you just maybe to get the conversation going. If let's just say the network had a destination where it could be consumable, similar to the cloud, let's at least give it that much, similar to the cloud. You know, what is what is the one thing you think must change? Can cannot you know, there's probably a million things you want to do, but there's only a few things that must be done. What's the one thing in your mind that between now and then has to happen to get there?
3: Yeah, this is definitely going to be a good roundtable because I, I know you guys have some have some really good input on this as well. You know, this sounds crazy, but. As much as we're talking about network as a service and and I'm talking to a lot of customers around it, one of the things that we haven't truly defined yet is this sounds crazy, but what does that really look like? And I'm really focusing on it from just a WAN perspective. I haven't I think it's too big to look at from everything end to end. Like, you know, Sonal getting on her laptop, and from her laptop, the service starts. So you've seen some, some folks out there focus on the campus, but it's very, very shrink-wrapped in a very, very small area. And we've seen it in, in a little bit of an on-prem data center, but still not too clearly evolved. I haven't seen anything yet, Vaughn, in the network that looks like the, the the large CSPs yet, like an AWS or, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, those types, you know, Azure, et cetera. And I guess... My point there, and the one thing I love what they've done is just they've built that platform that they can continue to put things on top of, and and I'm interested in your folk, your your guys' feedback on that as well. Is I think that's where I would almost like to start, Vaughn. Is that is you know a, a single dashboard where we can expose unified APIs, but build that platform that things can plug into it. You know, maybe multiple different providers based on where you are in the world, maybe campus maybe wired wireless, et cetera. So that that's my first thought on that that question. I'm interested in maybe see what you know, see what, what what you guys think. Well, first of all, I'm really glad
2: you said CSP and used it in the exact opposite way of how we were using it on our last podcast. We have this, we have this debate, ongoing debate about what these acronyms mean. And I swear everybody uses them differently. So I love it. But to actually answer your question, like I think, um, I, I think I totally blanked on an answer, so I'm gonna start over here and go over to Vaughn real quick because he can probably answer it better. And the oh. question would be, Jeff. I don't remember it. I don't know.
0: <laughs> real quick, Craig. What? Hold on. Hold on. No, no.
1: So, you know, it's very interesting, Craig, you say that, because when I look at network as a service, it's a huge, huge undertaking for any one vendor, right? Because what you're trying to build a platform which replaces everything. And I think first thing which I have been very focused in, which when I say network as a service, what exactly is the vision behind that? Are we saying all our applications are going to be on our PCs and there's not going to be any campus infrastructure, data center infrastructure, just directly go to that service provider and then directly access your apps? That's really good. But what I'm worried about is how that interaction is going to happen with data which is in campus or which is in customer's data center, how that integration is going to look like so there are a lot of moving parts, which I feel like, and no one has a real clarity of what consumers are going to gain from this, or how that, what that story and vision is about network as an infrastructure. I know Vaughan has something to say as well, but yeah, that's something which I've been thinking a lot.
0: No, I'd love to hear what Craig has to say first, and then I, then I have an interjection.
3: I mean, Sonal, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think what I'm really trying to do early on, and, and like we've been talking, I you, you always can tell that I, I focus a little more on the WAN than other things. But to your point, I just want to have, just starting to have that conversation with our customers, our partners, uh, just asking them what is most important to them. I created a list of questions just to you know have that discussion with customers, for example, where do you want to start? Is it the WAN or the campus? Do you want to have a hybrid where you own maybe the hardware, but then maybe the service does the connectivity? You know, what kind of consumption billing model do you want? It's it's wide open. And I think just having that conversation, I think we will get there, but it's going to be a, a slow process. And I've personally backed off a little bit on just trying to have a conversation versus I think I know exactly what what we want it's just going to be an evolution
0: that's sweet you know here's what i appreciate about you using the term nas you know i asked you the one thing some people might have thought from a technology perspective you know the latest you know there's there's optics and quantum coming together you know you could have gone there but it felt like the response that you're kind of giving is there, there is a technical aspect of this thing too, but it's also the business change. Is that going to be able to adapt too? I take what someone says business change, meaning yeah. Now if I'm going to sell this the way you're saying, Craig, I've got to provide a menu you can no longer just tell customers, Hey, you know, you get what you get. I, there's no way you know what the ingredients are, but now you kind of have to open up a little bit. And I think that is also on the business side. So that's why I thought I appreciated about your answer that probably maybe the business side of this, how quick could that evolve, Jeff? I mean, it. Or is that not the real problem?
2: Well, I don't know. Maybe it is. I mean, this is what I was going to ask Craig, which is like we've been, clearly this notion of network as a service isn't anything brand new. But what's been missing? Like, why is it coming to becoming more prominent now is it just because the public clouds have built it and they're able to offer it and that's kind of driving the rest of the industry and if so then what in your mind has been like the key missing element that has prevented it from happening up until now
3: yeah i think that is oh man that's such a great question and it's we're 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 getting there's a couple inflection points jeff that I'd say more than three, four, five customers have, have told us. And we can see it as well. We work with these folks every day. You know, a couple things happening is, one, the technology is moving as fast fast now as it ever has been. So for some of these organizations to keep the talent level that they need and to move as fast for the network, as fast as the cloud providers are able to move, they just can't keep up. You know, that's one of the big things that we've got from them is just on the operational side, they want to smart people. And in all fairness, some of their smart people have gone in other directions. Um, That's a a common industry thing right now as well. Um, and, And the other piece that I did mention is just the technology, including from Cisco, we continue to put out new technology. So for them to consume it, operate it, maintain all the devices and software and do that in a a very rapid, effective way. I know, by the way, now, not only do you need to be an operator for the devices, but you really need to learn automation, you need to learn security, you need to learn the cloud. There's so much to consume. My customers are really coming to me and saying, Craig, I love Cisco, I love working with you, I still want you to be one of our main architects and keep us going in that direction. But what I want to do is I want to consume Cisco, but I want to consume it in a little different way. I don't want to have to manage all the box and cable all the boxes and and upgrade software on all the boxes. Um, Are they coming to us and saying exactly what they want? No, they're still trying to figure it out. But that's really been some of the biggest drivers, Jeff, is just, you know, just keeping up and keeping the talent and, and staying with the technology properly to serve their customers.
2: That's kind of fascinating. Like I, I admit, I haven't thought about it that way, that some of these things are actually talent retention plans, right? And what's fascinating is you see this in a lot of the public cloud companies and, and hyperscale companies where they publish blogs and they're putting papers out and they're giving talks and right, and they're doing things that you're like, well, why are you investing in that as an organization? And A big part of it is, Hey, we've got a bunch of people that are really talented and we want to give them a platform to demonstrate how talented they are. And the end result of that is you end up with a lot of really cool stuff and cool projects that that get out there that wouldn't have otherwise gotten out there if it weren't for vanity, but that's kind of what it comes down to. But it's kind of fascinating to hear you put it that way.
3: Great analogy that you just made as well, but yeah. And, And there are multiple facets, but that's been a common one, Jeff. It really has. I agree.
2: It's well, like... and it, sorry, I was just going to say, it also touches on some of the themes we've been discussing over past couple of podcasts around like organizations have the right talent to make some of these transitions. And because there's certainly, there's not just, it's not just that there's a brain drain to other companies, but there's also like, to your point, like there's just so much to take on. And how do you expect an organization that's been kind of Doing things the way they've been doing them for so long to suddenly say, "All right, now we're gonna like change all of our skill sets and and run the organization in a completely different way." The really, really daunting task.
0: I'm sitting there in the pub and playing a new game. Ask the CEO how well they they retain talent. So if you run a telco, it should be you know like like the guys in sports. They have to do interviews. So man, hey, your free throw didn't look so good tonight. Well, then the CEO of telco seeing you are not really. Re- retaining a lot of talent or, hey, great for you,
1: you know? And, you know, Craig, I, I really want to ask you, like when you think about NAS based on your customer discussions, um, and I know there are a few things from talent retention perspective, what next we do in technology, but is there any aspect of customers saying that, hey, our, my base is in United States or in Europe? And I don't want to do any investment from devices or hardware perspective in any other country. And because of that, I want to go NAS.
3: No, that it's a, that's a good question. So I, the answer is I have not heard that yet. The biggest thing we have from international is, is data sovereignty, which is a huge challenge. That it's an ongoing challenge, not just for even federal government, it's for any real organization now. It's a a problem that we we have to solve. But um, no, but I think there are certain countries of what you're asking that that would probably be or have some element of impact more than others. I guess that's how, how I would actually leave it.
1: That's a good point. You know, like I've been thinking a lot in terms of what would be the evolution of NAS? Because it's still everyone have their own story of what NAS should be or could be. But if you have to let's say we give you a million dollars or a billion dollars, build the NAS, what would that be, Craig, for you?
3: So if you're saying I'm gonna come at it from say a Cisco perspective,
1: so anything perspective, not really Cisco, but you know, like if if you have a free hand of build a solution from scratch for NAS.
0: Yeah, I want to hear his way. I,
3: you can't <laughs> use the Cisco way. You got to come up with this
1: on your
0: own,
3: bro. This is Sonal and, and we're the CIOs, the joint CIOs. How would I do it? And <laughs> I personally, I, I go back to I like the, the concept of a platform. You know, I, I love the concept of a platform where there's certain... Certain variations we can plug in. You know, I have this common, um, I have this common dashboard. I have this common that, that everyone gets familiar with. I have this common set of, hey, this is where you're gonna get your APIs. But if you want to plug in your visibility into this, you can do it. But the idea that maybe where I am in the world, so maybe I want to plug in certain service providers to actually provide my connectivity. So if I'm in the U.S., I might use the, the, the typical carriers. Um, I want a common a set of um, colo partners that can plug in based where they are in the world and their locations. Of course, that common set of dashboards. And uh, that, that to me, and I've overused that term today, but I love that concept because it gives us the ability to adapt plug in, be modular, and and, and provide this service that way. And I could probably bring campus into it. I could bring security into it. I could bring WAN into it. I could bring different variations or places in the network into the the platform itself. And I'm going to flip it back on you because I said you and I are partners, CIOs in this. Can you just add to that? What are your thoughts on that? What would you add to it? How would you go about it?
1: Is that a question for me or Vaughn? Yeah. <laughs>
3: but yeah, you like that uh, thought? they turn the table on
1: us. I did did it. you see it's that? Right. Nice um, job. Yeah. Nice job. But I love where you're going with it, right? I think, I think when we look at NAS, it's not just one solution, but a combination of different, different things. To me, NAS can only be successful when we have service providers when we have like Colo Colo service providers, infrastructure as a service provider, platform as a service provider, all included in one to have NAS. NAS equals to all of this, right? Because at the end of day, what you are actually providing is a user to access your application in a quick fashion way, in a secure way. And that can only happen when a lot of these things come together so start with the platform, but do not limit yourself just with the platform, because then you will be negotiating with these different providers how to scale your NAS platform. If that makes sense, it
3: does. And and what I like what you're saying there is it gives us the ability to adapt, you know, over time. Again, location of the world, and the geo. So anyway, I, I I like where I like where we are going there.
0: <laughs> I think you guys are going the right the right way. I think what, you know, I think what interesting is, okay, let's say there's that world. How do you measure it? Who's the best in that world? And, uh, you know, I, I think, and there's a lot of people have a strong opinion that, Hey, the, the simpler, the better, you know?
3: I agree, bud. I mean, that's a, that's really well said.
0: Compared to think about it. We come from a networking perspective, anything, but, and it's done well for anybody that's been in this industry. you know, from a career perspective and doing things. But that's, that's, I think, yeah, that's, that's becomes interesting.
2: Go from complex. I mean, what do you think, Jeff? Well, I think the thing that you guys are building has already been built at least three, maybe four, arguably six or seven times and exists out there. So (laughs) how are you guys going to compete with the public clouds that have already built these platforms?
1: Well, that's the commercial aspect of it right like you're turning the tables on us jeff right now exactly. so see there's a miss part right like there is, there is i know aws and google like microsoft and these these people have built a cloud platform but major things which they're missing is they're not thinking about the aspect from networking perspective what we need from applications there's still so many SaaS providers but I would be very curious to know that these SaaS providers internally are actually using the infrastructure of these cloud providers to offer their services at the end of day, right? So it's going to be a challenge. It is going to be a challenge, but I don't know. I don't have a clear answer.
3: <laughs> yeah, Jeff, I, I agree. I, I think I, I overuse the term crawl, walk, and run especially for some of these new areas that we think we need to grow on. And I I think this does fall into that category, even just finding that pin or that place in the network where we want to start. And and to Jeff's point, we have it in a few other places. Some folks could even look at Meraki as a kind of that, you know, shrink wrapped type of of system. Again, I think it's still TBD, but there's no doubt that we're getting a lot more questions. We're starting to see RFIs. I think the industry is just starting to talk about it a little bit more. So it'd be interesting. It's going to be a a cool ride just to see how this, you know, how this continues to evolve.
0: Technology and innovation never goes out of style. know, that's the good news for us. You know, some may have answers. Some may not. That's the beauty of it. So, Hey, Craig, it's been awesome having you here at the pub, my friend, you know, you have a, you have an invite to come back anytime you want. You know, we'll have some more questions at you. Drink some more drinks of our favor. What do you think?
3: Yeah, man, you know that I'm never going to say no to you guys. And, um, yeah, hopefully we're we're drinking some, uh, some cocktails together at some point here soon.
0: Yeah, Vegas. So, <laughs> hey, give us a – hey, give us a – we're all going off to the weekend. Give us a, a thought to leave on, my friend. What what would you like to tell our audience as we close this out my friend?
3: Well, first of all, as an advertisement, I would say listen to the podcast before this as well because I thought they were they were incredibly interesting. But no, I I look, I think you know this is a huge topic we could spend so much time on it. You know, I just I'm I'm a big evangelist on seeing how we can continue to evolve and and those of you that are customers that are listening to this that are interested, you know, I think that's really what drives the best solutions. You know, the the, the business instead of the technology is what the business, the mission for the governments, et cetera. And, and, you know, what really is needed from a business perspective, which then we can roll and we roll into letting the technology help us get to that. But it always starts at the at the business and the mission side of things and then we let the technology benefit us in that way right so that's kind of where i would i would really go on
0: see there you go glass half full my friend thank you sonal jeff hey monica in the back end on the production thank you very much to our audience hey look forward to seeing you for episode six so have a great time with the pub this weekend
2: thanks everybody